The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with April J. Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and a single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she has managed to rise above them and conquer her life. She'll help you to do the same. Now, here is your host, April Ford. Welcome. I'm honored to be the voice of You're Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. I'm April J. Ford. Our episode today is Without Your Health, there is no wealth with my guest, Kelly Hill. And before I bring her on, of course, you guys know I love to say hello to all of my listeners out there. And last week, one of my listeners asked why I didn't mention the cities and regions. So I'll just name a few. Uh, we've got Camino Island in Washington, Albany, Louisiana, Phoenix, Arizona, Los Angeles, California. We've got Colorado, Beijing, Tokyo, Italy, Spain, Canada, who else do we have on the board? Indonesia, Romania, Turkey, Denmark, Australia. So just to name a few cities, regions, and states out there. So I offer this show as an example for people who may feel alone during adversity, that they are not alone, and that there is hope. Your journey called life is filled with happiness, success, fulfillment, and even disappointments and adversities. And I'm here to say that there's golden blessings to be discovered even when life throws you a curveball and you can still experience joy. I created a formula in four steps on how to have a roadmap or a blueprint to rise above these challenges, and they are recognize, respond, reevaluate, and rebalance. I believe on taking a holistic approach to empowerment, so this show will bring on expert guests to help you with tools and tips to create your roadmap on finding your way to handle your challenges. And this is how you will transition and transform into who you're truly meant to be. To find out more, go to the website at feeljoyagain.com. So Kelly Hill's mission is to prevent the one in three women that are dying from heart attack and stroke in America. Being a survivor of both heart attacks and a stroke, Kelly's healthy diet saved her life more than once. As a local ambassador for the American Heart Association and Men in Hearts visitor, Kelly continues to devote her life and work to helping others find their healthiest diets too. So if you're a woman that's too busy being a mom, a wife, career ladder climber, business builder, and so on, then this episode is really for you. Without your health, there is no wealth. Find out what the right plan is for you. Or maybe it could be your loved one. For me, I lost my husband back in 2010 to heart disease, and he was considered to be young, fit, and healthy in the medical community. So let's give a warm welcome to Kelly. Welcome, Kelly. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate and I'm grateful that you are willing to open your airwaves so we can continue to get this message out to people. Right on. All right. I, I'm so passionate about your mission, too, since it, you know, tugs a heartstring with my personal story of having to lose my husband in heart disease and becoming a widow at the age of 32. So with you being a nutritional therapy practitioner, explain to our audience, what does that mean? Well, so I help people find their optimal health by identifying the best foods for each person and then teaching them how to eat and cook in order to receive the best nourishment and live heart smart. Uh, so I'm basically a whole foods diet expert. And you know these are foods people can find in their local grocery store. I, I'm not here to talk to people about buying weird boxes of food type products or you know no nasty tasting shakes or expensive supplements. This is just real food for real results. Okay. And how do you manage to, you know, distinguish or 
set everybody's individual plan or nutrition when you say best foods? Is it based on like your blood type? I've heard of the blood type diets or plans out there. Is it kind of like that? It's uh, it's an interesting mix of uh, many of the diets that, and uh, it's been years of research and and work with clients to find uh, the path that seems to work for almost everybody. But it's individual to those people. So uh, what we base that on is uh, like when they have the most energy, uh, the type of food cravings they have. Uh, so it's very specific, and it can change in, during time. So especially if women have gone through pregnancy, you know, they know all of a sudden their energy level changes, their cravings change. You know, we're trying to create that hormonal balance for people in order to have them have control of their own food rather than uh, the food controlling them. So a person who wakes up first thing in the morning and has all the energy in the world and just you know slowly throughout the day the energy diminishes and falls asleep easy at night and craves things like like caffeine and chocolate and mm-hmm. baked goods those are different people and they should follow a different diet than somebody who you know it's 10 o'clock in the morning before they really feel like they're getting going and they hate to eat breakfast and um, you know, their energy is a little more sporadic during the day, but they can catch that second wind and go till two or three in the morning and you know, be good to go. And they usually crave um, things like dairy foods, creamy sauces, salts. Uh, so we, we look at all those pieces to help them figure out what is the best diet for them, because those are, are very different diets. And that's just two of, of the ones that you know, we look at. But that's kind of how we look at it. And then we, we get that hormone in balance so the energy level is sustained throughout the day, the cravings go away, and they really can take control of their own diet without it being something that they have to think about all the time and count calories and, and, and feel deprived all the time because we're going to create that balance. Kelly, you were mentioning that when you do the assessment for determining the best foods for each individual person, that you basically gauge it on their energy levels throughout the day. Is that correct? Uh, energy levels, their food cravings. Um, there's, it's a long list uh, that people you know, fill out an assessment. And, and all we're really trying to do is create that balance for them. So when we do that, we can get rid of all those uh, up and down energy cravings. We, you know, we can get it to the point where somebody uh, feels like they have, are in control of their food rather than their food being in control of them without counting calories or feeling deprived. It's all mm-hmm. about you know, making sure that uh, this is uh, something they can live with for the rest of their life whether they're a person that wakes up with all the energy in the world or they don't get started until, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, those are all different diets. Now, let's let's level set the um, audience here. For those of the audience, they don't know what whole foods are. Can you explain what that is? So whole foods are real foods as close to their original form as possible. So think like a whole fresh strawberry. That's a, that's a whole food. And then, you know, a little further down the road, we have strawberry jam. A little further away from the whole food, we have like a strawberry Pop-Tart, you know, full of bad ingredients and calories. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's really just getting the food as close as we can to that original form. Each, as soon as in, any food begins some sort of processing, it's usually no longer a whole food. So each step in that manufacturing process takes it, one step further away from being a whole food. And really the, the whole point of that is that the whole foods provide the necessary nutrition to build and maintain health so weight really isn't a concern, energy is boundless, and you look, feel, and live better without really thinking about it. Okay. And how can somebody who's still new to this, since, you know, considering it's the beginning of the year, everybody's setting their New Year's and health resolutions who might not be so um, familiar with whole foods, how can they tell when they walk into the store besides the obvious of, you know, fruits and vegetables being in their natural um, state? You know, how can you tell if, if a certain product went through so many steps in being processed? Well, it is a little bit tricky, and it's one of those things that we have to really work with people to get them to understand. I mean, in the ideal world, if it 
doesn't have a label, it's probably a whole food and you can have it. So the minute it ha- it starts any processing, it then it has to have a label on it. And so at that point, then we're looking for uh, the minimal processing that we can get, which usually is identified, although I will, you know, caveat that that's not always the case, but usually identified by having less products within the ingredient list. So if you look at, uh, like, let's take strawberry jam again. So if you look at strawberry jam, there's strawberry jam out there that's nothing but squished strawberries. And, and that's going to be a lot closer to a whole food. It mm-hmm. practically is a whole food versus something you get all the way down to, I don't want to pick on any name brands, but ones that when you look at the ingredient list, there's sugar and corn syrup and strawberry come like third, mm-hmm. fourth, mm-hmm. fifth down the road. And because of that, now they've added, you know, red dyes, they've added strawberry flavoring, things to take, you know, a, a very processed food like corn syrup and make it seem like it's a, a whole food. Okay. Now, when you work with your clients on determining, you know, the best plan for them, for each person, since everybody's different, um, do they feel intimidated at first to start a plan on this whole foods um, nutrition? I mean, is it pretty intimidating or is it pretty easy to integrate? I think there, there's definitely some that come, you know, a little intimidated. And those are usually people that have uh, been instructed to, to be with me or with somebody from their doctors. And so there, there's a different, uh, they're in a different headspace than somebody who's coming mm-hmm. voluntarily. Uh, but it's, it's actually surprisingly easy. Uh, people, I think, just you know, build it up in their head because we've gotten very accustomed to walking around the grocery store and just picking up boxes of, or cans of whatever we want. And it's really not that big a step to go from, you know, dried beans to canned beans. It's not, it's actually much, you know, if you end up with at uh, uh, dried beans, they're going to be much more cost effective. We can do some things to make them even more healthy. You're not going to deal with the BPA lining that's in the middle of, that's inside most cans. And there's so many reasons to actually go to those foods, and they taste so much better. But people are usually a little bit overwhelmed because we've gotten in that habit where you just walk down the aisle. It's like, oh, I'm mm-hmm, going mm-hmm. to have beans tonight. I, you just grab them off the shelf and open the can and, and call it good. And so this is, it's a little bit of a mind shift for people, uh, but it's really, it, you know, people have eaten like this for thousands of years. We right. really haven't had supermarkets since, well, uh, just not long after uh, – uh, World War II, really, uh, could, you couldn't even buy a lot of the products that we eat today back, just back in World War II. So it's really not um, an, um, you know, a magic secret bullet. It's just going back to what our bodies really know and can and use. Right. Well, what if, the, what if you know, for the people out there that don't cook or don't know how to cook, how would they integrate this lifestyle of, of whole foods? So that, that is always what we do. So if somebody's working with me, then, you know, they get all their recipes. But even if somebody uh, isn't in that space, if they go to my website, therightnutritionplan.com, there are hundreds of what recipes there. So they, you know, it's a good starting point to kind of look through and see how easy it is to make whole foods. I, I still have one child at home. Uh, he's 10. And, at, you know, anybody who's had children uh, or has a current 10-year-old knows that you're practically a taxi driver, you know, pretty much right mm-hmm. after school. Mm-hmm. And the activities go till, you know, evening time. So I'm not going to, and I work all day, so I'm not going to go spend four hours making some, you know, culinary masterpiece in the kitchen. And I, I don't, people that work with me don't do that either. I want, you know, 30-minute meals just like everybody else. And it's still very easy to do and, and do it with whole foods. In fact, sometimes I think it's even easier because there's not as much prep work. Right. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and take our break and more with Kelly Hill. And I'll have her share more of her personal journey of health on how she got into this space and being really passionate about preventing one in three women that are dying from heart attacks and stroke.
Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with Grace, Gratitude, Love, and Joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking on the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. We're all living in the moment, but you never know when life is going to take a unique turn. It doesn't have to be a challenge, but perhaps more of a detour to get where we need to be. On The Sky's the Limit, host Karen Levitt knows that experience, having faced it herself. Learn about her journey from a life-changing event to where she is now. Her guests are amazing people who are living these experiences and overcoming obstacles. Learn from their stories every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. tuned into you are not alone to reach april j ford or her guest on today's program you may call in to 1-888-346-9141 again that's 1-888-346-9141 if you'd rather send april an email her email address is april j ford at joys now back to you are not alone how to rise above life's challenges Welcome back. Our episode today is Without Your Health, There is No Wealth. So Kelly, tell us, you know, being a survivor of both heart attacks and a stroke, you're very passionate about preventing the one in three women that are dying from heart attack and stroke in America. So tell us more about your journey of health. Well, I, uh, I, had, I have to go back even a little step further just because it's kind of funny and most people enjoy the fact that for uh, 10 years, I was a McDonald's restaurant owner operator. And so I was. Okay, right there. It's really pretty funny right there. (laughs) Exactly. Right. (laughs) So, and I always have to tell you, because that's really where I uh, started. I had, I I really had a passion for nutrition, uh, but truthfully, I did, I did that job because it made money and I, you know, I had family to support. So, uh, but along the way, I was constantly taking classes and learning about nutrition and just becoming more and more passionate about it. And so uh, finally, my staff said that I was kind of messing with the whole system by trying to teach people how to eat McDonald's food a- in a healthier way. <laughs> and uh, said, Is there such a thing? Can you really do that? Actually, there is. It, it is one of the things that... Um, that I think makes what I do as a nutrition therapy practitioner different than other people is although I want everybody to eat whole foods, I recognize in today's society that's not going to happen 100% of the time. I mean, right. uh, mm-hmm. if you're that person, uh, you know, you're in a different sphere. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're growing all your own food and you're you know, shopping at all co-ops and, and raising your own cattle or whatever, you know, that's a different person. That's not my client. (laughs) And and I recognize that there's just times where, uh, you know, I'm a mom, so I get busy and, you you know, and you've experienced that too. Mm -hmm. You know, you Mm -hmm. just, you're running around, you forgot to to bring lunch with you or whatever, and you have to make a choice. And at that point, my goal is to get people to recognize what their best choices are and still stay within their, their, particular diet plan. And that's not really that hard. Most fast food restaurants um, have an option or two that are, are really good. There's, there's a few places I would choose not to eat, but there's almost always somewhere you can go. And a lot of great mom and pops are doing things really well. Uh, so there's always options. It's just understanding those options and being um, cognizant of that when you, you have to go eat somewhere where you don't have as much control over the food as what, what are your options? Because yeah, you're, you're definitely in a processed food at that point. But, um, so there are, there, you know, and I think that's really an important piece that, you know, I do want 
everybody to eat whole foods, but I recognize that that isn't in today's world completely um, possible for most people. Right. So, right. Especially like we said with kids, I mean, yeah. you know, like for me having two kids and picking them up from school and their activities and everything else in between, you know, sometimes it's impossible to just get home in time to make, like you said, a gourmet healthy, you know, five course meal, which is unrealistic, no. you know, to have every night. No, I'll come to your house if you're making five courses. <laughs> well, well, one evening I, I made, you know, just um, the meal and a dessert. And my son goes, well, we're not having, you know, three courses today. <laughs> like, no, we're not. <laughs> my family would be ecstatic if they got three courses. They wouldn't even know what to do with themselves. Yeah, yeah. But so, I, what are um, going off track a little bit here um, for kid kid options? What can you recommend to our listeners who are you know busy parents out there with kids, and you know if they're picky eaters um, or just healthy options in, in making their lunches? So, I always tell people that you know again, the, your best bet if you can get them to it is whole foods. Now, if, they, if your kid hasn't eaten a, a raw piece of broccoli ever, you, you don't stuff their lunch with broccoli. They're going to starve to death. Um, <laughs> so we, we start a little, we start easier and we start at the home and whatever foods look like the foods that would be fun to introduce. And I pick broccoli because I think broccoli is a great starting one uh, for kids, depending on their age, because if they're really small, the broccoli can be a tree and they can be a dinosaur and they can, you know devour down the trees in the town type of stuff. You can have a lot of fun with it. If they get, as they get a little older, it's fun to dip. You know, there's lots of great things that you can dip broccoli into. So it has a a nice, vast arrangement uh, of options for people. Uh, So whatever it is that you want to try, so let's say it's broccoli, uh, then you start with a thank you bite at home, not in their lunch. And you you say, you know, "I I made this food. And as a courteous courtesy to me, uh, to you're going to say thank you by at least taking a bite. That's all they oh. have to eat. That's it. And so there's no big fight about it. There's not, you know, finish your plate. There's no, you know, rolling around on the floor. You know, it just takes <laughs> all the all the pressure off. All they have to do is take one bite every time you introduce a new food. Okay. And what happens is when they have tried the food. Somewhere between 10 and 15 times, their taste buds have changed enough that they will like the food. Okay. okay. Now, there are certain, you know, kids and certain foods that they just never will like. Just as, like, adults, you know, we have foods that we like better than others and some that we, you know, really hate. Kids are the same way. Uh, So, if you know, after 15, maybe even 20 times just to give it uh, a try, they still absolutely hate that food. And, uh, you know, then that's probably not the food to go with. Pick something Mm -hmm. else. There's plenty of whole foods, so you don't have to get caught up on any one particular food that they have to eat. Right. And but I like that so you can at least expose them right. to a variety of things. Or you can even maybe modify it. You know, you can pro- uh, put it in the food processor and put it within the pasta and in the cheese, right? A modified mac and cheese kind of thing. You can. I, I usually teach people not to do that. Um, because Oh, I hit I, the big no-no already. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. And there's a lot of people that do teach that because you can hide vegetables. And, and, and sometimes you have to hide vegetables. I mean, if that's their only option to get a vegetable in a kid, then that's the right option. Um, but if we can get the kids to recognize the food, know what the food is, and that they like that food, then when they're out other places, they're going to eat it. I, oh, I mean, my sense. son loves carrots, and so it's, you know, it, to him it's no big deal. He can be places, and he will actually pass up cruddier food in order to eat the carrots because he likes to eat that carrot. Um, if he didn't know what the carrot was because it was hidden in something, he would choose the, you know, a different food. So uh, we can do both if it's really an issue to get, you know, where the, it's like, well, I can't get any vegetables in. Uh, and I do. I mean, I hide leafy greens in my son's uh, smoothie drinks that he doesn't know um, because he doesn't, he really is, is convinced that he doesn't like certain leafy greens, but I can hide them in other spots. So it's, it's, um, you know, there's no one right answer, uh, but I do encourage people to at least try the thank you bite concept so that they begin to know what those foods are 
and identify them because it, it's surprising how many foods kids actually will like and eat if they're not forced to eat a lot of it and it's an option just to have a bite. Right. Okay. And just one last comment before we get back on track here. I know we got a little off track with the kids' options. Um, One thing that I found to be successful is getting the kids involved in the kitchen, in the prep work and actual cooking of the food so that they become interested, you know, in it and actually eating what you're preparing. So that's what I have found too. Yes. All the way from the shopping, if you can get them, Mm -hmm. you know, early on, get them to the shopping, the reading of labels, to the cooking in the kitchen. I I have a whole video series that's free on the website about kids in the kitchen that are super kid-friendly recipes that kids like to make. Oh, okay. I'll have to have my kids check that out. Okay, so getting back on track, I don't know how we got on the kids topic, (laughs) going back to your personal journey of health, um, since you're pretty cognizant and, you know, educated in what's healthy, what's not healthy in whole foods, was the the heart attacks and strokes that you experienced more uh, genetic based? No, actually, to this day, they have no idea um, oh, wow. what, what okay. happened or why. Uh, and so it was uh, it was a huge issue um, to because I, I recognized that something was very wrong. And I went to the emergency room, and they tried to send me away because I was um, extremely healthy, not overweight, not diabetic. I didn't have high cholesterol, didn't have high blood pressure. Nothing showed up. I mean, no family history. I don't smoke. I mean, anything you can name, and there's a little list of boxes that the doctors are trying to check off. They kept saying, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with her. And they did all the EKGs and, and everything, and nothing was showing up. Mm-hmm. And so they they basically said, we think you're having a panic attack or anxiety or you have indigestion. And um, I told the doctor, I said, you don't know what you're talking about. There's something seriously wrong, and I refuse to leave this hospital until you figure it out. Wow. And I um, so I got up and I started walking because it was really only happening when I was in movement. So the working theory, and there's no way to prove it either way, but the working theory is that there may have been a blood clot in in my heart at the time and that's what was causing the lack of oxygen but then when I laid around in the hospital for six hours of course it I I felt fine everything seemed fine um, but I I knew it wasn't and so I walked around and around the ER as fast as I could you know the little Mm -hmm. little gown flapping in the wind behind me until I could feel it again I, I grabbed the the, doc, the ER doc, and I said, um, hook me up. Right now, you're going to see what I'm feeling. And mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, that was about the last thing I remember. Um, there was a, a moment or two of clarity as uh, they put new EKG pads on me and tried to put nitroglycerin under my tongue and, and a little bit of fun, truthfully, when I threw up all over the doctor that told me that there was nothing wrong with right. me. <laughs> wow. Um, and I had 100% blockage of my LAD, so it, uh, what they call the widow maker, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Uh, and uh, I happened to be right in the middle of the ER when it happened, and uh, they were able to put a stent in, uh, and I woke up in C- what's called CCU, uh, coronary care unit, a few hours later being told I had a heart attack and mm-hmm. wondering what in the world happened. Right. Uh, your um, story actually has some parallels to my late husband's story yeah. because he he passed away in 2010, but one to two years prior to him passing, he was exhibiting the same symptoms that you were saying, and they couldn't find anything. They did all the blood work, treadmill tests, EKG, even the golden test of the angiogram, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then I guess one test just finally showed that he had a blockage. They put a stent, and a few months after putting the stent, um, he he passed, so the stent really um, didn't work. But but I, I can see the parallels of you know the doctors not knowing mm-hmm. you know why you were exhibiting the symptoms you were. And for me, that's what started my journey of exploring holistic modalities and other modalities. Not to say that the medical is you know I don't believe in. I just prefer to have a well-rounded um, approach to wellness. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm right there too. I mean, I and I always tell people I I can never speak ill of the medical community because they did ultimately save my life. But um, there are many many things that the average person can do. They they uh, the going statistic is about eighty percent of what 
uh, happens to us is lifestyle choices. And so, you know, there, yeah, there's, there's 20% out there that we can't do anything about. And unfortunately, you know, your husband got dealt a bad hand and, and I got dealt a bad hand and there's not, all you can do is play it as best you can at that mm-hmm. point. And, uh, I'm, you know, but most people, the majority of people by far, um, could actually make a change or two that would completely improve their odds of staying out of the hospital. And that that's where it became really critical, although I didn't even know it at that time because the stint didn't hold, and I mm-hmm. ended up having another heart attack. And then I, I think I counted at one point it was like six or eight angiograms. I mean, it was just... Oh, wow. I really, I really began to joke every time I came in that it's like, you know, do I get a frequent angiogram card mm-hmm. that's getting punched again. Yeah. When, when's my free How one? How many golden tests do you want, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, okay. oh, well, I want a free one at some point, like they do with other things. You know? Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> um, and uh, the one of the ones in there, the my cardiolog- cardiologist looked at it and he said, you know what, we're done. They'd cleaned out the stent a number of times and uh, he said, we're just, you're going to have bypass surgery. And so they cracked open my chest and gave me a new artery uh, to replace the LAD. And that seemed to have done great for uh, a few months. Everything seemed to really be improving and going along in the right direction when the last day of school that summer for my son, I was taking, getting him ready, and, and any, any mom knows that that last day of school is just a little bit more chaotic than every mm-hmm. other morning out the door. And I went to call the dogs, and what came out of my mouth was, and unfortunately, like most women, uh, I thought, I don't have time for this. i got to get my kid to school, you know, Mm -hmm. and got behind the wheel of a car, and I drove my son to school, and yeah, thank God, nothing happened. Um, but as I was driving, I'm, I'm recognizing that I can't swallow my breakfast, that I have this big mush of stuff in my mouth that I've been chewing now for whatever it had been, like five minutes, and I can't swallow it. And I finally spit it out, and I tried to say something to my son, and I, it's, you know, I'm making no sense, and I sound like I've been on a three-day drinking binge. And uh, so I dropped him off and, and uh, got myself to the hospital right away, and I had, I had a stroke. And so here we were, again, with a blood clot, this time in my brain, instead of my, my heart. Uh, and it was that experience, which, um, and not to be crass, and, and you know, I, I obviously want to be respectful of, of you know, your experiences, too, but I really was laying there on, on that floor, the neurology floor, and thinking, this is worse. Uh, you know, at mm-hmm. least I could be alive or dead with my heart. Right now, I can't. I can barely move. I can't use. I can't swallow. I can't talk to anybody. You know, and I'm having visions of my husband having to you know, take care of me like a baby for the rest of my you know natural born life. I'm thinking this. This. This isn't okay. This is. This is so much scarier to me right now because I could now be a huge burden on my entire family for the rest of my life, financially, emotionally, you know, in all these ways. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I, I thought, this, this, is, this is horrible. And as I recovered, I started, that's when I started the research. I was like, you know, how can this happen to healthy people? How many women is this happening to? That's when I found out that we're losing one in three women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and stroke is the number, number one reason for long-term disability. And it, I was oh, like, this okay. is just not, not acceptable. Um, you know, I've been on that side. I know how scary it is. And we, we don't need to accept this as a way of life, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And let's hold that thought while we go on break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about educating the audience on, you know, what are some signs that women can look for? Because these symptoms are, you know, somewhat different when a woman, a woman is experiencing a heart attack or a stroke versus um, a man. And obviously some symptoms are the same, but let's specifically talk about women when we come back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. We are back. We've been speaking with best-selling author and TV personality, Kelly Hill, a nutritional therapy practitioner. Kelly, can you tell our audience what are some of the symptoms for women when they are experiencing either a heart attack or a stroke? I do want to go back first real quick and and emphasize what you were saying about that women's symptoms are different from men. Mm -hmm. And hospitals are still learning to recognize the difference. We've just begun to realize how predominant heart disease is in women. So this isn't a man's disease anymore, and women don't know the top symptoms, so they aren't taking action fast enough, and that's part of the reason we're losing so many. So the top five symptoms, I've put them in a a little anacronym called HEART. So hopefully that'll help people remember it. So the first one that's really important is for H, hot or cold sweats. And I'm not talking, you know, menopausal sweats here. Uh, I'm not talking about the type of, you know, sweating when you have overexertion. Uh, Mm -hmm. These are like out of the blue, you are suddenly sweating and you're really hot or you're really cold Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't go away right away, usually. Uh, but is it the amount of sweating? Like with my late husband, I mean, it was literally like buckets of sweat. Like somebody was just holding a bucket over his head and he was drenched in sweat. Women aren't usually quite that extreme, but it is much more extreme than, than you know, just you went for a little run or something like that. I mean, okay. it, it, it is um, in a very excessive sweat and it could be hot or cold related. So uh, a lot of times women think of the, this as just, oh, I, I have a little flu or I'm fighting a bug and they ignore that symptom because of course, it, you know, a lot of times flu does look like that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so this is similar and that's part of the problem is, is a lot of the women's symptoms are very similar to just being a little under the weather or, you know, being a little sick or having a flu or whatever. And so it's so easy to just blow them off and think I'll be I'll be fine after this, and then they're not obviously, and worse sometimes they're not even with us after that. So uh, yeah, it is an excessive sweat, and it can be hot or cold. So that's the H is hot or cold sweats. Um, e is exhausted, and I'm talking the type of exhausted where you go to bed tired and you wake up tired. And again, this is very difficult for women because uh, we as a um, gender have a tendency to push ourselves so hard that we we can go to bed tired and wake up tired and we just get kind of used to that. And so this is that that exhaustion that just doesn't seem to go away. So, it, you know, you t- get that extra long night's sleep, you think you're all caught up and you're still waking up exhausted, that can definitely be 
a sign of a potential heart attack in the making. So okay. really worth it to pay attention to that. Uh, a is for aches, aches and pains in the neck, back, jaw, or between the shoulder blades. Again, this is, the problem with all these symptoms is you can have that from anything. And we, we have a tendency to just blow it off and go, I slept wrong. Oh, I just, you know, I was doing this and twisted or whatever. And we, we don't recognize that the, the, these could be symptoms. So anything that really, especially in that neck, back, jaw, shoulder blades uh, that doesn't seem to go away, uh, that Advil or whatever you choose to take doesn't seem to be helping very much. It might help a little, but it, it's not helping a lot. And if it's going on, it's it's definitely something to t- you know call the doctor and have them take a look at. Yeah. Uh, the well, R, with that, with the aches and going back to the aches and pains for a second, it's more than just oh something hurts, but it's more like when you said with your story, you didn't have motor skills to chew you know, to, you know, chew or swallow your food or even your, your speech was slurred. Or I heard that like when your shoulder, you can't lift your arms or your shoulder at a certain yeah. length, like yeah. um, shoulder, shoulder length. Is that true? Like that's you can test the, the motor the tests, Yeah, that's one of the tests you can do for stroke is to lift both your arms at the same time and see if they come up at the same time into the same height. Mm-hmm. And that if one's droopy, then that's that's a, a high probability. Well, that definitely call nine one one. Don't don't even mm-hmm. mess around with it. Um, nice. But the aches was like that was actually a symptom I had months before I had a heart attack, and I had got I had pain between my shoulder blades that I couldn't, you know. And I can't, I did exactly like most women did. My son and I were wrestling around, and I thought I just you know twisted something, and when it didn't go mm-hmm. away, I. I said, oh, I, I think it was probably from when I grabbed that box out of the top of the closet. It'll go, and it still didn't go away. I went to a chiropractor. I went to my regular doctor who gave me um, muscle relaxers and pain medication. And it did help a little, but it didn't resolve the problem. And uh, we just, I think all of us, and, and you know, I am just as guilty because I was there too. I thought, oh, it'll get better. It'll be fine. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and I went to, like I said, my chiropractor, my acupuncturist, I mean, everybody, and nobody identified it. Uh, everybody kept looking at it as, you know, muscular or structural, uh, structural, and nobody actually stopped and said, hey, maybe it's it's an internal organ like the heart. And that's actually, I hear that from women now a lot, where the especially the pains under the left shoulder or between the shoulder blades, the neck, jaw, that area of the body it is really one of the ones that women notice first and we ignore because we always come up with some excuse as to, you know, it's probably nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. And yet, uh, when I talk to women now, one of the things that most of them tell me, and I think this is very interesting, is a lot of them have an inkling that maybe it, it might be something with their heart. And so it's but they any, ignore it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they ignore it. Because there's always, a, you know, there's something, oh, well, no, it's not that. It's probably this. So uh, if there's any part of your, you know, intuition that says this might be heart rate related, then I highly recommend jumping directly on the phone and, and calling a, a specialist to find out. Because our intuition is so good, we just, we're, we're the masters at ignoring right. it, unfortunately. Right. And, uh, you know, and I knew that too. I had Googled a panic attack versus heart attack. I mean, what in the world would make me even think of a heart attack? Mm-hmm. And yet here I am sitting on my couch You're having Googling one. it. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, okay, right. then that's, that's the time. If you think there's any chance... Go get checked. Um, right. So and every minute counts. So nobody has time to do a research paper to try to figure it out on Google. No, I know. But the sad thing is I, I, it is amazing how many women hear my story and go, oh, yeah, I did that too. <laughs> and oh you know, so, so there's something, you know, genetically in women that we, we, you know, we don't jump immediately to the doctor, you know, usually saying that, that we're having a heart attack, unfortunately. So, uh, okay, so back to the symptoms. R is for retch. Now, this is uh, any form of reoccurring nausea can mean that you possibly are having a heart attack. It was the very last symptom I had, but a lot of times women have that that constant feeling of nausea, like a really terrible flu, uh, and then they just keep ignoring it and say, no, it's something, you know, I think I just ate something wrong. It'll go away. It's a bug, you know, and, and it doesn't. 
And then the T is for trouble breathing. Uh, And that's, of course, the one that is most common for men and that we hear about the most is, you know, people just can't catch their breath. And so, and that's a really important one. So if for some reason you're not getting that breath like you were a few days ago, a week ago, uh, it's really worth it to at least consider calling the doctor and having that checked. I mean, if you know for sure 100% you have the flu and, you know, your chest is congested, then, then that, you know, you don't need to rush to the hospital, I guess. But, you know, if there's any chance, then it's, it's definitely something to pay attention to because trouble breathing is, is the sign that will unfortunately uh, indicate usually that you're at the end of your options. Mm-hmm. Okay. And go through that one more time quickly on the HEART acronym. H, hot and cold sweats, hot or cold sweats. E, exhausted. A, aches especially neck, back, jaw, between the shoulder blades, R, retch, T, trouble breathing. Okay, got it. Okay, now what would you say the challenges are that you see in people? Like what, are they, what challenges are they facing? Is it the lifestyle choices? Is it, you know, unforeseen circumstances like your, your genetics that you never knew about in your family history? What is it? I think, honestly, the biggest challenge right now is people just, women especially, just don't know the symptoms. And so the assumption uh, is kind of the old joke from, you know, Stanford and Son where he's, you know, this is a big one. And the assumption is it's going to be somewhat like that, that this is going to be just this this lightning bolt of problem and you're going to know instantly. And, And that is true for a lot of men, but not all. And it's definitely very, very rare for women. What is more common is a slow buildup of progressive symptoms. And when I look at the top five, uh, I had four of the five. And I didn't, I just kept, I don't know, I didn't put them all together. I just thought it was fine. There would, and so I think the biggest thing that's happening is, is women just don't know. And so uh, when they, when they do finally then make it to the hospital on top of that, a lot of times they, what happens to them is the exact same thing that happens to me where the doctor isn't seeing it. You know, it's not quick and easy and noticeable. And sometimes, unfortunately, hospitals aren't even trained in women's heart disease. They're getting better, so I don't want to pick on anybody. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, for years we were losing women because they thought women's symptoms were going to be the same as men. And so if they weren't having those symptoms, it must be in their head or in their stomach or, you know, panic attack. So it's, I think that's a part, a big part of it too. It's, you know, most importantly, we have to be our own advocate. Uh, there, you know, there's just so much we can do to prevent heart disease. So if pe- women know their own risks and those are different for everybody, if they go, they go online to, American Heart Association, and they look at those risks, if they know their risks and they, they just get in there and fix one or two things, that you just start dramatically de- decreasing your odds so much. I mean, people that are still smoking, smoking increases the risk of heart disease uh, by two to four times. How would you say any other recommendations for people out there that can make a difference alongside with you as an advocate? Well, def- definitely, of course, everything I see is through the, the lens of nutrition. So if they can eat better, remove the junk foods, the, the carcinogens, the bad fats, the things that, that there's pretty good evidence that show that, you know, help, you know, increase cardiovascular disease, they need to get a little activity, just 30 minutes of moderate activity, you know, five times a week. Uh, it doesn't have to be go to the gym for an hour a day and work it hard. You know, garden, go for a walk. Uh, play with your kids. Uh, I tell people a lot of times it doesn't have to be 30 minutes all at the same time. Put a jump rope by your TV and jump rope during the commercials. That's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're mm-hmm. going to get actually that's that's more than moderate. That's a high activity. Uh, if yeah. they have, yeah, yeah, if anybody has jumped rope lately, you know it's really tough. Uh, lose excess weight, especially weight around the waist. That increases it increases your risk dramatically. So if 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 you're carrying that spare tire, it is time to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, since we were talking about kids in the prior segments with, you know, nutrition and getting them involved, um, I'm, I'm very passionate about, you know, kids in general in the youth and advocacy and awareness since, you know, my husband's 
um, issue with genetic related. So I'm paying close attention to my two little ones are nine and 11 years old. And if people want to continue to follow along the nonprofit Joy's Gift, we've also have a collaborative partner with Enhancing Heart Health and their mission is to save lives by reducing the incidence of sudden cardiac arrest with um, young athletes because it is the second leading medical cause of death in, in children. Isn't that scary? So they can go to I mean, the website, joysgift.org, for that. Yeah. it's it's uh, Unfortunately, it's just becoming a huge epidemic that um, you know, we have to take control of. Mm-hmm. Now, you shared a lot. What do you have for our listeners that you would you know like them to really pay attention more? So I have for you and all your listeners uh, four heart-healthy videos and all the recipes to go with them. So they can actually see me making a really awesome heart-healthy recipe and get the recipe themselves so they can try it. As you were talking about, you know, what about people that don't um, don't want to cook at home? This, these are really easy. They're wonderful taste. Uh, you know, just give them a shot. Uh, and those are for you at uh, the right nutritionplan.com uh, forward slash heart. Okay, right, nutrition plan. And how would our listeners get a hold of you if they'd like to take an assessment on what the right plan is for them? Um, you can either go to my website, therightnutritionplan.com, and there's a contact page there. That's usually the easiest. Uh, or my, my personal email address is kelly, K-E-L-L-I-E, at therightnutritionplan.com. Or they can call toll-free at 855-855. 772 plan. Great. Alrighty, everyone. I'm April J. Ford here on Voice America with You Are Not Alone. I share my story and this show so that others can share their stories and have their glory. So that others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face, but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith. I give my love and light so that others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings so that others can share theirs and let others know you are not alone. Make sure you go to feeljoyagain.com to receive your free weekly words of joy and more information on how you can take part in the four steps to create your roadmap to success. Remember, there's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you're not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Pacific, here on Voice America. We appreciate your joining us this week for You Are Not Alone. Please tune in for another edition with host April J. Ford next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to talk again next week.